0: Hey, it's Tim, Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk, joined once again by the five-foot wonder of the world, Jill Simonello from Chicago. Hello. Uh, I am not in Chicago. I'm here in western Nebraska. So, uh, yeah, we are uh, live with you tonight. We had some um, travel issues this week with, well, myself. I was not here last night. So we moved to Friday. Sorry to play that game with you guys, but uh, that's what it is.
1: And we won't be here next week.
0: We will not be here next week. So uh, I have a programming note for those who listen to podcasts and things. We're gonna do the best we can. So I have uh, I'm basically gone next week. And so am I gone. And then Jill's gone. at <laughs> let half of the week. And so in a
1: desert. Gone.
0: So, yeah, she's she's living in the desert. So we um we will try to make some things happen. I'm going to Overland Mountain Expo West, so we may do a live stream walking around there. I don't know. We're going to see what, they get, see what we can get done. But I, I want to tell you guys that we're going to be a little hit or miss on live streams through September and probably parts of October just because of, well, there's two of us and we have to travel. <laughs> we have and, to go
1: on. Stuff is happening.
0: And believe it or not, we don't travel the same locations all the time. We actually have different things we're working on. So, yes, yep. uh, that's your update there. Um I guess we should hop right in. I want to make sure we talk about this because I thought this was really good work by Jill, really good journalism that she found. And so, and journalism, want... journalism, she found journalists. Yeah, that's what we are. So, we have the homepage of pickup truck plus SUV talk or pickup truck talk.com. Um, I would oh. encourage you that I know that the wiper blade story is not very sexy in the top right corner here, where you're looking at the podcast, um, or if listen to the podcast. There's a future of wiper blades. Do you perform parts, new repertoire? I actually geeked out about this a little bit. So,
1: uh, okay, me. you geeked out about a Sprinter van that was teal. I don't know that we trust your judgment anymore.
0: That could be the case, but I'm going to put that out there. I'm the boss, so your uh, your objection is duly noted. But mm. all right, so the Kia boy is still your Hyundai or Kia SUV. So, Jill, I'm not going to take your thunder. What in the heck is a Kia boy? A. And B, how did you find the story? And C, what does this even mean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what does it even mean? Um, yeah, so this is interesting. I actually, so how did I find the story? I just started getting a lot of notifications actually um, about Hyundai's and Kias being stolen in Chicago. And so then that kind of like set me down the rabbit hole, and I was like, well, why are they being stolen? Well, apparently. This thing started in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where these boys, they call themselves the Kia boys, and they're literally teenagers, are going around stealing Hyundai and Kia vehicles. and um, I mean, and then they do crazy things with them and crash them and cause accidents and all that. but the the what concerns you is the fact that vehicles, um Kia and Hyundai vehicles that have a keyed ignition, so it's not the push button start ones, but it's the keyed in ignition um, from 2011 to 2021. Do not come with a like an engine immobilizer, and so the Kia boys discovered this. And what they've been doing is they've been popping the plastic off of the column shifter, and then they use essentially like um, like a, a cord, like a USB A cord, or uh, for for a jack, and they can use that to start your car once they have the. Um, the, the plastic off the ignition and like literally takes 60 seconds to like pop it off and start it and go so they do have to break your window to get in um but um there is no way to prevent them from um stealing your car unless you buy something like a wheel lock to put on there so they can't drive it but um apparently this has gone viral in social media so um well, to, if, there's like a,
0: yeah but if i click on this link can we watch the video
1: uh, yeah, this will take you to Tommy G's video on YouTube, the, the in-depth, um, and it's, it's like a 16 minute long video.
0: Yeah. I don't want, th- what's the one that, can you send me the one on, you found a TikTok? Was it on here?
1: Um, no, I didn't do that because, um, I, that was just an excerpt from the Tommy G video. Okay. Um, let's see. I can, I can probably find it really quick. Yeah.
0: So just to um, find it. So, so I, I gotta tell you what I am, I'm driving along or I'm in the hotel room, whatever last night and, or night before. And she sends me this video and the story and I'm like, what in the hell is this? And in the video, the Tommy G guy actually gets two thieves on camera and they actually walk them through how easy it is to steal these cars. And it's, it's actually a, a fairly fascinating video.
1: Let's see. Let, let me see if I can share my screen and we could just watch it from mine. Let me pause this really quick. Ah, pausing. This is not pausing. Okay, that's pausing. Okay, so let me see if I can share my screen. There we go. So, eep.
0: Okay, we'll hit hit that volume button, would you? Yeah. Yeah, is it an easy prop Yeah yeah is it an easy process hell yeah could you show us how it looks to steal a car i can show you inside your car okay let's do a simulation of him stealing my car my head. you got a flathead you stick your flathead right here and then you, use, you want to pull it down and then break it down and then it comes like a little a silver piece you just put the flathead and break it and it then you started with a charger piece like a like this like like if you're key, you have a honda key you don't never you don't ever possibly even plug your piece right because you see how fast I reach out right here? It's yeah. I would have been gone the other shit. Sure. I would have been very sad if you stole my car. And can you picture me at my house crying when my car's not there anymore? Yeah. And what do you think about that? Sure. You got a shirt. What if I don't, though? Shit, should have had it. That's illegal. <laughs> I actually steal a Kia. Is it an easy process? Pretty <laughs> hey, show
1: sure for how it looks to steal a car. I, I love it. He wants to have insurance.
0: Yeah, so it's apparently the owner's fault his car got stolen. <laughs> a would be sad about his car being stolen because he has insurance. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's but that it, would be
1: illegal to not have insurance. I,
0: I just right. so the thief is telling him to follow the law and make sure he's not illegal by having insurance, but I'm gonna show you how to steal his car.
1: Yeah. Uh, but so, I mean, so but there's a much longer, um, video, which I linked to in the article that's all on YouTube and it's by that Tommy G. Um, and he's like interviewing the Kia boys and, um, just kind of goes into what they're doing. But apparently in 2021, these Kia boys in Milwaukee stole 10,000 Kia and Hyundai vehicles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking like it's just a couple cars, 10,000. 10, the point, you reached out and Hyundai and Kia executives know about it and mm-hmm. they're working on different strategies and such. And one of their strategies I think is ridiculous, but I'll let you explain.
1: So you can get um, a, a wheel lock so you can buy your own wheel lock or you can, I think they're, they're giving them to local police departments to distribute for free. Um, but then Hyundai said that they've identified a security kit um, that you can buy. Mm-hmm. Um and pay to have installed into your vehicle,
0: <laughs> so let me repeat that for the folks at home that didn't hear that so Hyundai has developed a security kit that you can buy and add to your vehicle, not they're gonna give you, not they're gonna recall, not they're gonna make a change to I don't know you the customer get to buy this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my gosh! Okay, so I think you know,
1: they'll come back on that. I think they'll make it free. I, yeah. I, I just, I don't know how they don't.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm just shocked by this. So that was the story. So I'm again, Joe found it and she re- reached out to me and the, she, ESPN. I was like reading, watching these videos. like, Holy cow!
1: And I'm so, gonna agree with Gene. There should be a recall on this. It
0: should be a recall. Should be a fix from Hyundai and, and Kia, and it should be done. But mm-hmm. I mean, ten thousand Kias and in just A's,
1: one city in, in one city in yeah, one year. year.
0: Yeah. And so, and you know how TikTok and viral trends go and YouTube stuff. I mean, you're talking about thieves throughout this country seeing this and how yeah. easy it is to do it. And I mean, the, the number of k- hundreds and Kia's getting stolen could just quadruple. It's well, and, quadruple. I,
1: and the video that we showed you is not the, the video I think that has gone viral. I think they might have removed the one that actually went viral, which was a step-by-step tutorial on how to do this. Um, But it's going on. And, um, so if you own a Honda or a Kia vehicle from 2011 to, uh, 2021, um, that has a key to an ignition buy a wheel lock now, as I say in my article, do not pass go, do not collect $200, go buy the wheel lock.
0: Yeah. I think this is more and more, um, not proof or demand or whatever, but it definitely is more about, Hey, push ignition, push, remove the key completely remove the, you know, you're just taking away opportunities for thieves to do stuff. So I don't know, it, it is it quite a story. Um, the other big story we had this week was the three liter diesel. And I did a three liter Duramax diesel deep dive with the chief engineer, John Barta. And I've been receiving lots of questions about this. And so I thought we'd do it on a live stream and talk about this a little more. So if you haven't seen the interview, John and I had discussed the new engine and all the new stuff. And I made Jill edit my thousand word story. And she was really happy about that. And I
1: edited it down to, actually it was more like a 1600 word story. I I edited it down to like 700 words, by the way, it was, it was, it was, it was 1600 words. It was,
0: it was was full of information and was very full
1: of information.
0: Vital vital information.
1: Okay. Why watch the video? If you're going to put it like just a transcript of your video into the story.
0: You know what I was doing there was I was showing off how good my memory was. No. <laughs> okay, so here's the, here's one of the big, so there's a couple big questions this. Greg comes right out and says, and this is something that's been asked quite a few times. Good evening, Tim and Jill. Do you think the three liter diesel will ever be an option for heavy duty trucks? And I've heard this um, in different comments. And it took me a while to actually understand it. And the thinking here is, is that the heavy duty truck owners don't always need to tow 15,000 pounds. What they want though is they want the payload from the heavy duty truck. So like most heavy duty trucks are twenty over two thousand to twenty five hundred pounds, maybe even three thousand. Uh, you go one ton, you get even more payload. And so they they can care less about the towing capacity on these heavy duty trucks. They just want to be able to tow like or haul like, for example, a sliding camper. They'll put a sliding camper in a heavy duty vehicle and go overlanding with it, but they don't want to have the 12 to 14 mile per gallon that the diesel 6.6 liter Duramax diesel offers? So it's a very interesting question. And at first I was like, it's too small. It, 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 and it, I still think it's probably too small for the application for what they see the need to be. Um, but I, I, I feel like as overlanding becomes more of a thing and as uh, more and more half tons end up doing small displacement engines with turbos and end up becoming less payload, uh, you know the average payload in these half-ton trucks now is like fifteen hundred pounds, uh, and we made this. We did this last week where the Colorado ZR2 or something like that, or no, the GMC Canyon AT4X that was a thousand pounds of payload. So kind of almost an unusable truck because <laughs> I think as Jill said last week, get, that's four dudes and you're done. So I mean, it's like yeah, four dudes I, in their
1: beer. You can do five dudes, or you can do four dudes in their beer, <laughs> right?
0: I mean, you're kind of done in payload. So. I've heard this comment before and Greg brings it up. And I would say this is that I don't think that there is enough demand to make this happen. I think they still see three quarter ton, one ton trucks as towing mostly. And they don't see the the need to do it for fuel economy. I remember talking about people, talking with people about the um, fuel economy and heavy duty trucks. And the fact of the matter is most automakers I talk to, fuel economy on a heavy duty truck is not even on their radar they don't think people mm-hmm. care about that. And so, you know, well, they don't
1: when, even record fuel economy no, or they don't require, require, it. like, yeah, they don't
0: feel like people shop on it. They don't feel like, they yeah. so I don't, I don't, I just, I don't think there is enough demand there for that. I don't know if the engine is powerful enough to move no. the heavier truck. Right. So the curb weight of a heavy duty truck is about 8,500 pounds and the curb weight of a, a half ton truck is about 6,000 pounds. So you're talking about, you know, almost a thirty percent increase in overall. That's my best math. I know, be a part in the comments about my math, but I mean, it is a lot more for that. Uh, Jane brings up a comment this brought up as well, and there's a question about how about bringing back heavy duty half ton trucks again? Well, Nissan Titan XD is basically a heavy duty half ton truck. This and the white space, right? And and GM tried this back in the 1990s. They had heavy duty half ton trucks, and people didn't buy them because they didn't ride that well. Now, Nissan Titan XD rides better than the GM trucks did, but they didn't ride that well. And it just, people were confused by that. They just, they didn't see the benefits of it. So um, I understand what you guys are asking about this, this three diesel. I understand you like the fuel economy. I mean, we'd all love to have a two wheel drive, heavy duty truck that gets 30 miles per gallon. It'd be great. But I just don't think automakers really care about that at the moment. I don't think they're doing it. So yeah. Um, I just, I feel like that's the answer to that one. Now there was a big question and it's going to deal with the SUVs because there's a couple questions about, so let me back a little bit. Chevrolet announced the three liter diesel is going to be available in select 2023 Silverados, which means there'll be a, a variety of sil- Silverados by year end with the new LZ zero diesel in it. So the LM two diesel, which is the prior generation at 277 horsepower and like, uh was it, Three, 460 foot-pounds of torque, um, is still available. They're just transitioning to this new diesel. And so what I theorize is they're going to offer this and select trucks as they build up manufacturing capacity for the new LZ0. So when you look at, like, the GMC Yukon, full-size Yukon, and I don't know, what did that happen? I was here. Um, I'm going to refresh my page. It kind of disappeared on me. But when you, when you look at the, the information for the 2023 Yukon, Yukon XL, Yukon Denali, as you, as you scroll down the bottom, you will see it's available with 3 liter diesel with 277 horsepower. So to me, that's the LM2. The same thing, Yukon full-size, XL and full-size, we have the 277 horsepower. The same with Suburban has the same diesel, 277 horsepower, and the Tahoe has the same deal as well. Now, what would I don't know is I don't know on the GMC Sierra, which we can check real fast. I don't think that Sierra 2023 details are out yet, but I think they're going to hold off on production because they don't have enough supply of the LZ0, the new diesel. So, yeah, we don't have we don't have information yet on the 2023 GMC Sierra. So there could be an announcement coming soon about the 2023 GMC Sierra coming in the LZ0. Now what's happened before. So like the Chevy Colorado was unveiled a month before the GMC Canyon, the Chevy Cerrado 2023 was unveiled, and maybe they'll do something for that one moving forward. I don't know that. I don't believe we've had any 2023 GMC Sierra news. I know the 22 model has the super cruise, the Denali ultimate correct me if I'm wrong here, Jill, but I don't, I don't recall 23 Sierra news yet. No, I,
1: I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, right. we—I mean, we literally just got the 2022 stuff. So. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, if we have 20. So we have 2023 Nissan Titan news, which is a little more expensive and more standard features. We have the 2023 Toyota Tundra news, which is just a new SX package. We have—we do not have the 2023 Ram news yet. So there's a question that says, "When is the 2023 Dodge Ram reveal going to be?" Uh, September 1st is your date for that. 20, September 1st will what? be. That date for that stuff.
1: I also want to clarify too. If somebody's expecting a completely new model for the 2023 model year for RAM, this is not it. Like you're going to be looking at a new RAM model in 2024. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We thought it was going to be 2023, but it, it it basically there's just going to be model year changes for 2023. So don't expect any big changes for for 2023. There, you know, there there's just like your regular model year change stuff. The big changes are going to come in 2024.
0: And the same thing as we found this week, the Ford Ranger, right, Jill? The Ford Ranger is now going to be a 2024 model. And this is all, it, people want to want to like say things about companies and they put them in the comments and they want to point fingers, whatever. This is all po- pa- post-pandemic or pandemic right. or where the hell we are these days. It's all pandemic, parts-related shortages, people shortage. It's something nefarious going on. Yeah, they just, no. just want to. They, they have to push these things back to make sure manufacturing can catch up to actually build them. That's the biggest problem we have right now. Is that Jill and I review vehicles all the time that you can't buy.
1: Right. Yep. <laughs> that would be true.
0: So that's that's not what they want to do. Um, there's a thing. Somebody want to know where the Ram EV news is? Then that's that's probably going to be at least another year or two years from now. I, well, mean,
1: I I think the news will be six months out. So remember. Oh, that's right. Um, they did this thing where they were like, "We're going to crowdsource what you want in a um, RAM EV truck." I guess, and they were going to do that for a year before um, they were going to actually make any news. So they want to know what you want first, and then, and then they're going to make some news. Um, but I, I can't even remember. I know we did an article in New York,
0: wasn't we? Were in New York when I interviewed my man crush guy. and it was that was new york right we think it was and so new york was in april so they announced that in april so we haven't heard any idea of any information since then
1: yeah i'm like let let me what was that because there was a website ram ev
0: Evolution or something but they do what maybe yeah i don't know um
1: yeah ram revolution right um but yeah, if you go to, and I'll, I'll put the link in the, um,
0: chat. Okay, gonna put it on the screen. Let's see what it looks like.
1: Oh, okay. I can do that. Let's see. I have to stream. So yeah. yeah, it's just, um, Ram revolution starts with you. Uh, we've built trucks and vans that exceed your expectations. Now we're looking to strengthen our top performing lineup with a full portfolio of next generation trucks and vans that meet real world demands, join us. So basically they they want your input about um, shaping the future of Ram brand. And I guess you can fill out a, a form here and you can join the, the revolution. And um, yeah, I, I like I said, I think they're basically crowdsourcing what they think that the next pickup truck should be for in yep. EV space.
0: To me, they're delaying, but um, yeah. But well, I mean, Dodge is making some news. So you know, we so Rams made some news as far as EV. Dodge is making its own news by killing off the muscle cars. So the muscle cars um, after this year are no longer. Well,
1: killing off. The, they're,
0: the, the, right, they're transitioning the the V eight Hemi and the the Charger and Challenger is gone, and the Charger and Challenger are gone. And they well, have a new
1: as trailer. we know them are gone. Go. They just introduced. A, I'm a Dude, let's tell the whole story here. They just... just I'm
0: telling you, so the the two model names are kind of nameplates going aside. The Banshee... they're not going
1: away. They they just introduced the Charger EV.
0: No, they call it the Banshee.
1: No, the Banshee is the powertrain.
0: Oh, is it the powertrain?
1: Yeah. I thought it was... I think that is really cool, by the way. Like, whoever comes up with the names at Dodge, like... I, they just need like they need a raise. They need like some real kudos there. But yeah, no, the powertrain at eight hundred. I'm going to totally mess up the terminology, but an eight hundred volt power source, whatever. But the Banshee is their new high performance EV powertrain. So right. like the 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 Hellcat, this is the Banshee, but the, they're calling it the Dodge Charger. So um, the name is so. the Charger and Challenger probably aren't going away, but they're just not going to be gasoline anymore. That's the point he's trying to make.
0: And again, I've been traveling this week. I caught the news a little of snippets and their cars, so I didn't pay too close attention. Um, uh, there, was a, there was a quick question about the Hyundai Santa Fe. Thinking about purchasing a new Hyundai Santa Fe, would you guys recommend the Hyundai Santa Fe? I don't know about you, Jill, but I 100% recommend the Hyundai Santa Fe.
1: I love Hyundai vehicles. I, I I think that they've done an amazing job with um, quality and with um, just the the materials and the styling. And I you know I mean I am personally partial to the Tucson, but the Tucson's a little bit smaller than Santa Fe, so maybe you need the Santa Fe for size. But I am a huge fan of 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 the Tucson.
0: Yeah, I, I, and the warranty is great, and their quality is really improved. And everything about them has really done a good job. I really have nothing negative to say about the vehicles, except I want to drive them more often, and I still get a chance to.
1: And plus, there's are smart pack.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just
1: like saying that smart pack.
0: pack. Uh, let's keep going down the questions here because this is the fun part when we interact with you, the fans, the channel. I believe that was it. I don't know if I have any topics, more topics, in but I won't talk about those two topics, anyways.
1: Well, um, and I do want to put it out there also for um, podcast. People like if you have questions or things you want us to discuss, I'm gonna send you to Tim. Email Tim. <laughs>
0: yeah. Send an email to Tim at pickup Simple yeah. as again, Tim at pickup truck talk.com. Uh made it simple, easy. So yeah, email me questions. I'm always trying I'm always I'm actually I probably in a given week I probably answer anywhere from five to ten different emails from uh, people who just ask questions or they have uh, they have comments and things. Um, and besides all the comments I read on the channel on the comments we read on the website. I'm reading too much. Uh, any idea when we we'll get more news on the Super Duty? The new Super Duty is supposed to be out this fall. And that answer is no. Although I have a sneaking suspension, suspicion, sneaky suspicion, blah, 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 that it may be at the Texas Auto Show, which used to be the State Fair of Texas. Mm. And that's the end of September. And Ford has done news there before. They've done truck news there before because Texas is such a big marketplace. It's September 28th. Or twenty seventh, twenty eighth is the media day. I, Jill and I are both. We tentatively are going to go to that event. We have our media credentials, so um, I would I would theorize it could be there, but I haven't heard anything from Ford, which is not strange. Not hearing anything from those guys, um, but yeah, I, that would I would make sense for them to do that there um, if they want to do something in person because Texas is such a big show. But you know, everybody's doing in person or they're doing Zoom calls these days. It Really, our jobs are really hard because everybody's doing different things. And we don't always get B-roll. And I was talking to uh, a re- a person from Jeep about this, and she was kind of defending herself a little bit, like uh, defending PR a little bit. And I was, and I said I wasn't mad at them. I was just mad at the timing. Is is we don't get good B-roll these days either because the products aren't done. Yeah, they, just, they,
1: they they don't. A lot of the um, stuff that you see, the images are all um, like
0: computer generated.
1: Yeah, computer CGI. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not like it's. These trucks are done in, in dealerships now. Like the Colorado, I was looking at this the other day, the Colorado ZR2. They have one that's in blue, and it's at a proving Grounds. And they've had a few people stop by and do videos of that one. And my theory is that's the only one they have. <laughs> <laughs> they have one. So, I mean, it's not like you can just start checking these things out and stuff. I mean, automakers just don't have supply. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of new vehicles that you can't buy and you can just basically see... We have thoughts on the Dodge Hornet from Eric Mings. So I'm going to throw this to Jill because Jill has been all about this Dodge Hornet. She keeps me up abreast on what's going on the news. And frankly, I don't know what to make of it.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so it, it's based on uh, the Tenali, So the Alfa Romeo Tenali, which mm-hmm. we saw at the New York Auto Show. So back to New York again. And I really liked the Tonali when I saw it in person. It's It's compact. And it looks really good. And so the Dodge Hornet is going to be based off of that. But, I've got, of course, it's got, um, you know, the Dodge um, styling. The, the, the side profile is very similar. But, you know, the front and the rear are going to be really different. I love the new – if you can see on the grill where they have the Dodge emblem, the two-stripe um, emblem there, I love that. They've got a similar light on the back. Um, it has the slash through. Um, so some of the styling is really cool. Um, this will get a PHV, So we we already anticipated. Yeah, that's the one with the little slashes. I just think that looks really cool. Um, but um, we already anticipated it was going to be a PHEV because the Tenali is a PHEV. Um, it'll have a power shot mode. So um, remember the boost button that we were able to push in the Genesis GV60 and it like gave you that momentum to like move through, um, a little bit faster. So it'll give you like a 15 second boost. Um, so right now it looks like they're only going to have two trims, the GT and the RT, um, but meant to be more on the, the performance side of the spectrum. So, I mean, if they're going away from cars, um, and they're moving towards SUVs, I mean, this isn't a bad way to go. And they're calling this a gateway vehicle, um, so it's it's kind of like their gateway from oh in the new Hornet logo, I think that's super cool. Um, but they're so moving from gasoline to plug-in. Um, so with the plug-in hybrid, it's their gateway. Uh so I I don't know. I think it's I think it's interesting. I can't wait to drive it. I think it'll be fun to drive on a racetrack, frankly. Um, but because uh, I've driven the um uh the Stelvio Quadrifoglio on the track, and that that is a blast. Um, but I just think this will be comfortable. I think it'll be fun. Um, and I, I think it'll be great for an urban environment. Will it be great in Nebraska? Probably not. Will it be great in Chicago? Yes. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be great.
0: Okay. There you go. See, that's why we have two people doing this channel. Because, yeah. Different
1: <laughs> did He's, He's ready to go take a nap. I don't know. Yeah,
0: but, I mean, it, it, Dodge has done this before. What was that last one they did? Uh, it was the bad one. They had a compact SUV back in the day.
1: Oh, so, the Nitro.
0: Yeah, Nitro was bad, That's and there's something horrible. else that had uh, was uh, was a Caliber. It, yeah, uh, I mean, that was
1: like a little wagon.
0: Yeah, so there's there's some stuff. So, you know, I just, um, you know, I I know I'm trying. So, uh, yeah, so it's a nice Tonali and Dodge form. So, or basically it's a Dodge form version of Tenali. There's a questions. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get a question on that about um, whether it was built in Italy? Isn't it? Is it is. It is, it is it built is not in Italy. Italy. Yeah, yeah. Italy. Yep. All right. So Greg wants to send me an email about his uh, 3 diesel. Oh, oh, Jean's got a question. Interesting. Uh, what is, was it your, the slowed month for you news and review wise? Hmm. I would. I think. I think June into July was kind of slow, and that usually is for summertime. Um, things are ramping up right now, as we've kind of alluded to with our travel and stuff. Um, there is a lot of stuff coming into the to the twenty twenty three news like that. So I feel like things are picking up. I feel like the views are coming back. I feel like uh, people are done camping or outdoor exploring or kayaking. whatever they're doing the summer coming back. Um, I think. I think. My issue with the news currently has been it's been so EV heavy that it's sometimes hard for us to cover everything because yeah. some stuff applies, some stuff doesn't apply. Some stuff is hard to figure out as far as what it applies or not. You know, we've we've had some tossing around the ideas about covering the the tax credit that, that has been passed now and been signed along. was
1: the other topic we were supposed to discuss tonight, though, by the way.
0: Was it? So hey, we boom. Nailed it. Um, it's it's very confusing and, and because what what happened was the Department of Energy came up with a list that said these vehicles would be eligible for tax credit. But there's a caveat to that in that the IRS is going to have the final say at the end of this year when they release their rules on what the battery mineral count has to be to meet this new tax credit. Uh, as far as sourcing that battery, you know, the, the people don't want to have batteries built in China anymore, and I get that. And my batteries built in the United States only, but they're not really giving automakers much time for this. They're saying it's got to be done immediately, or or the vehicle loses that tax credit, well, or however you read it. I mean, it, it's it's weird-
1: ramping it up. So like, I think, I, and I can't remember what the the percentages were, but it's like for 2022 or 2023 it's like 60% here, 40% there. And then it'll like the percentages change year by year. So they're trying to give automakers time to ramp up, but it's, it is confusing. It is very confusing.
0: Yeah. And I think auto news is the best story ever in that they were like, dealers are confused. And so there's going to be create a lot of confusion in the dealership finance offices and in the sales floor, as far as which vehicles get which things and which one's going to work out. Because um, it's very confusing and, and I opted not to run the video right now and I may be making a mistake, but I'm kind of waiting for it all to kind of get well figured out. I mean, I'm waiting for the final list. I'm waiting to see if it makes sense because right now the Ford and 50 lightning would qualify for the tax credit, but there's rumors or murmuring or whatever that it won't qualify in three months. And so then what's that customer going to do? And then it's like, if you have a reservation currently, if I recall this correctly, if you have a reservation as of right now that you got before the law went into place, you should still get the tax credit. But if you place one now, you should still get it maybe, I guess. And then, but when it, the IRS develops their rules in December, you may not. So I I just, we have not got good information. We've Our colleagues are digging into stuff and we were talking to our colleagues all the time. And nobody has a really good, solid grasp of it. And so until we get a solid grasp of what's going on, I just, I don't want to run something that we're not really sure about.
1: Yeah, because I mean, the the really, really confusing thing is, is it's like, okay, some F-150s under the new rule will apply, but some won't because it's, you have to be priced under a certain amount. Then, so it's like some trims will apply and you can't add any extra options because if it goes over this much, then it no longer qualifies. Then you have a um a, a salary cap so if right. you make more than x then you don't qualify even if the truck qualifies so yeah there's just there's a lot of confusing rules around this and I, I, it's going to be six months to a year before we figure it out i think
0: yeah i think it's how, you know there's been many articles like the um uh, american alliance of Autom- automakers wrote an article that said they theorized that no EVs would actually qualify. <laughs> they theorize the the that 2023 models wouldn't, but future models could, depending on battery, you know, production and placement. So there's there's just so much confusion, and you know, unfortunately, we don't have the answers. And I just hate to put it out there without getting the answers. Um, boy, Greg has got a lot of a lot of questions. All right, so let's <laughs> let's set these up. So Greg's gonna send me an email on three liter diesel. Uh, he wants to know twin turbo or V8 for towing in the Tremor. Um, so the V8. In the Tremor, will tow pretty well. You'll pay a lot. You'll pay less for gas than you would with a t- twin-turbo 3.5-liter EcoBoost. The EcoBoost will probably tow better off the line and get you moving faster, but you will pay a little more in gas because whenever you're having a turbo and you're putting it in a lot of uh, demand on the turbo, you're just going to pour fuel down the in the turbo. Just it's you're just pouring gas into it. So. Um, depends how you look at that. I think the twin turbo EcoBoost is a, it's a, it's a good driving experience and di- and good towing experience, but you will have a larger range of fuel economy numbers than you would the V8. And there's a video on this channel that is long, but it's really good. <laughs> um, anyways, it's, I towed with a three, five, three, five twin turbo. I towed with a hybrid. I towed with a V8 I towed with a diesel and it's all in one massive video. So if you want the details on those different engines, and how they tow? That's the one. Uh, he's got a question for you, Jill. His question is: How roomy was towed to crossover? I can't remember the name. Uh, Randy Vest thinks it's the curl to cross, which I believe that's the new crossover.
1: Actually, Greg said the Crown. If you look further down, so oh, it, the Crown. It's it's not really a crossover. It's kind of a sedan that looks like a crossover. Um, and I mean, it was it was fairly roomy. I I didn't. Love the interior. I'm going to be really honest with you about it because Crown was supposed to be more of a luxury nameplate for Toyota, and the interior just looks meh.
0: Okay. Yeah. But I, it,
1: it seems. I mean, it's 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 like a large sedan.
0: Okay.
1: It's it from the interior perspective is what it's like. So okay. yeah.
0: Um. No. I. Uh Master Chef, I'm not drinking goblin goose. This is a beer koozie from Central Western Nebraska Partnership of the Deaf. So yes, my wife is my wife is profoundly deaf and uh, or hard, of hearing, hard deaf. of hearing.
1: I thought you said deaf. I was like, of the deaf.
0: Oh, I got a good story for you. Hold on, guys. We're gonna do these questions in a little bit. Um, she is she is hard of hearing, and so she's with the Western Nebraska hearing part of, of the education. So we got these for free. Um, but there was an article written in a local paper out here that screwed up my wife's title and it called her the teacher of the dead, <laughs> not the deaf. So um, we had some fun with Wait, that.
1: the <laughs> dead? I don't know.
0: <laughs> we, had, we had a lot of fun with that. We had a lot of fun with that. That was pretty funny. Uh, this is so common sense guy says, why buy eight, why pay $80,000 for a loaded gas diesel truck? When you get a hybrid or EV with a gas extender for $80,000, I'd so all day buy a diesel truck over a hybrid and I own the power boost. The power boost is fine, but I, I didn't get the fuel economy out of it. Like there's, I think there's always this, there's always this thought process out there. I have a list of myths and facts I should go over, but one of these thought processes is, is that every hybrid, hybrid truck is better fuel economy. That is just not the case. The 2.7 in the Ford gets better highway fuel economy than the, than the hybrid did. The hybrid Tundra does not see any improvements in fuel economy. So this thought it that... It wasn't designed to. Yeah, it wasn't designed to. It's not the way they did it. So the people think, oh, it's a hybrid. get better fuel economy. No. No, these two things don't equal in truck world. And then with an EV with a gas extender, EV with a gas extender to me is a hybrid. That you're saying... The same <laughs> I mean,
1: An EV with a gas extender is not a hybrid because I I had a very big discussions with Chevrolet about this with the Volt because everybody wanted to call it a hybrid. And the first iteration was not a hybrid because uh, the definition of a hybrid, as I understand it from them at the time, was that gasoline is powering the wheels, whereas a range extender means electricity, like an electric motor is powering the wheels. And they were like 100% of the time. Whereas with a hybrid, some of the time it's electric, some of the time it's gas. So that makes it a hybrid.
0: Okay. But I
1: I love the idea of a range extender. Um, The the Volt, the first Volt, I thought was near perfect. The idea of like, okay, you put a little gas in and it just charges your battery. Um, But, you know, the range, I think, is is huge. And, uh, you know, plug-in hybrids, I think, are the new range extender, like, and there, there's even a difference between like a plug-in hydri- hybrid and then a range extender. Because again, if it's a range extender, the electric powertrain is providing the motivation to all the wheels all the time. And the the range extender is only charging the battery. Whereas with a plug-in hybrid, you could have a mix of both. But um, I, I think range extenders and plug-in hybrids are ideal. I'm HL.
0: Right. And so, and Jill and I are different viewpoints on that because I've driven a bunch of plug-in hybrids around here and I make it like across town <laughs> and I'm out of range. So, but in her world in Chicago, she can drive all day because she just drives a gym or whatever really close to her house. And so it's a, it's a totally different animal. So, I mean, yes, that's why, that's why people would make different choices. there, common sense guy, because it, it a plug-in hybrid for me doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't really do a whole lot. And I, the last time I had the Mitsubishi Outlander plug in hybrid, I think it was, it. I had to charge it overnight. And I think it, it cost me like three bucks or so to charge it to drive 15 miles. <laughs> I was like, it just didn't work. All right. Um, so the questions Ford needs the V8 for the Mustang and the HD trucks. They won't go away anytime soon. Oh, there's a question like, why is not Ford gotten rid of the V8 right now? Because of demand. The the, the simple answer is demand. I mean, there is uh, a lot of demand for the EcoBoost, and Ford talks about EcoBoost a lot, but they can't get rid of the V eight. People still want to buy that. People, it's so funny. I I go to my with my friends out here in the area, or go to my cousins, my wife cousins, whatever, and they hate EVs, like they hate the idea of them, and they think hybrid is just absolutely ridiculous. And some of that is is education. There's definitely some education for the c- customer. And as you may be surprised, I do defend e- EVs with these people. <laughs> I know, shocking, but there there are there are use cases for EVs that make total sense. And so a lot of it is some miscommunication, some education. And there are there have been, frankly, some really bad PR things or some stories out there in EVs. I mean, we had the the bolts that were catching a fire. We had the towing tests for the lightning, which aren't very good. Um, I did it. There's a video coming out this weekend or next week. I think next week or whatever. I I joined up with the Rivian. I drove a Rivian R1T yesterday with uh, it's Kyle Connors from Autospect Studios. And during the video, him and I were talking about it and he's like, and this guy used to work for Tesla. He's a, he's an EV kind of guy. And he's like, yeah, you can't tow with these trucks. Like I I can tow basically around town, but he goes, I can't go anywhere. I can't leave the city. I can tow across town with a vehicle, whatever. But he goes, you just can't, you can't, you can't, there's nowhere to charge them. There's nowhere, they don't charge very fast. He, his viewpoint was simple. He's like, if I could charge faster, I'd be all about it. And I was like, well, they. I said, these EV advocates tell me that, you know, every time I go to the gas station, 30, 45 minutes anyways, no big deal. He goes, what? He goes, I want to charge be out of there in 12 minutes tops, flat out. Porsche to con, he says that, t- that charges in like 12 minutes. Perfect. I don't want to sit there and charge. Like it's got to be faster. And I yeah. thought, you know, pretty solid point from, from my EV owner. The person who actually owns EVs. He's owned EVs. He's sold EVs. He's been around this for a long period of time. So, yeah, I would say that's something. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, oh, we got we to gotta talk about this because Jill is going to a prep next week. How is Jill feeling about the upcoming Rebel Rally? Is she all packed? <laughs> so, if, if, if that happens in October. So, let me clarify that. Yeah, and for those people joining the first time, Rebel Rally is what Jill.
1: Um, so it's a an off road competition. So it's not a race, but it's a competition, and it's female only. In I want to say it covers like two thousand miles in the desert of California and Nevada. We will start in the Lake Tahoe area, and then we end up near Glamis. Um, and it's a navigation rally. So basically, um, I've been um, learning how to use a compass um, right. I have.
0: You can't, you can't have your phone. There's no technology. No.
1: They take my phone away. They take, I, like I've even gotten out my old Timex watch <laughs> because they're going to take away my Apple watch. There is no technology allowed. So my Timex um, that I've done like three PRs on and marathons, it's, it's making a reprisal. Um, but... Um,
0: I, the image in my head of like 60... 60- or maybe even 90 women, I guess I know what the number is going to be in the desert without technology, without phones. Just that throws me for a loop at the beginning. Yeah. Before you anything else That throws me for a loop.
1: Well, it, it's really cool. So we did four days of training back in April. We're getting ready to do. So one of the reasons why I'm not going to be able you know, we're not going to be able to do the, the, the live stream next week is I'm going to be in the desert again, doing more training. And, um, you know, and so I had a meeting with Hyundai today and I have to tell you, like, I've seen pictures of the truck and some of the modifications they're making.
0: So cool. Right. So, so you're driving a Hyundai Santa Cruz. Yes. Event, and so they're modifying it for your needs. And she did a video on this walk around. And there's some bars that they're – everything's pre-production. So what she's putting out there, you really can't buy. But it's Hyundai engineering going, huh, let's this on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah look, right?
1: we've, we've even got front recovery hooks. Oh. So all of you Toyota. Toyota. Um, who are pissed off about your front tow hooks, I may have a solution for you because if you've looked at the front bumper of the Santa Cruz, like there is no way that you can like attach like a tow hook on that. And it's very similar to to what the front bumper of the Tundra looks like. So one of the things I'm going to do next week when we're um, in California, we're going to be spending time with one of the engineers and I'm going to have him do a complete walk around of the truck with me to show me like all the modifications that have made. I mean, there's light bars, there's a lift kit. There's, (laughs) I mean, there's some cool stuff on here. And so I'm going to have them do a walk around with it. And we're going to talk about like what they did. And the other thing that I want them to do is talk about like, okay, if you wanted to put some of this stuff on your vehicle, can you, and how would you do that? Because I just, I think the the front recovery hooks especially are going to be of interest.
0: So, yeah, look out for that coming soon. It's going to be interesting. Um, we're gonna, she's going to report from the event in a way in that we haven't figured out yet. <laughs> no, well, so uh,
1: yeah, so they, they don't like, allow
0: technology. I'm not going to probably make it to the event because of timing issues. And so, I think she's gonna have a GoPro attached to the vehicle. We're going to try to use some memory card stuff, but um, it's going to be, diff- yeah, then she's got, yeah, we have a new, well, I,
1: I haven't even, even opened it on the box yeah. yet. But I have a next base. I guess there we go. Next yeah. base dash cam. Next. Um,
0: base.
1: Yep. And I'm really looking forward to using this. They, um, the Mitsubishi team used this in Rebel last year,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, and and they said what they did is they um, had uh, like little plastic baggies and they put SD cards in it for every day, and so they just changed out the SD card every day so that you can not only see and it has a like. Um, a forward facing camera in addition to the the outward facing camera. So we can get like video of the scenery as well as me and my partner. So Kristen Shaw is my partner. And um, so we should be able to get video of all of that. And then the question is going to be, okay, how do I get the SD card into somebody's hands um, that can actually use it? But uh, I, I think I'm actually going to take this with me to training too and see if I can um, get it to work this time, and see how it operates. Um, but yeah, next base um, gave this to us to to use, or actually, they gave it to me to review, and then I've decided that I want to use it for training. So,
0: have you opened the box yet? Oh, you have. Okay, <laughs> I think last time I checked. Actually, it was, I think you, you opened to... the
1: box when you I were think, here. Well, I
0: opened the box, playing around with it because I don't think you actually opened the box.
1: Yeah, but. The box is open and I have like a whole bunch of, like I have um like a suction cup mount um, because I mean, we don't want to install it permanently in the vehicle, especially if I'm going to be using it in different test vehicles. Um, but yeah, so this, this is going to be my weekend project is trying to figure this out. I'm really excited about it uh, because I think this is going to be really cool. I think that'll be some great opportunity for, for footage down the road.
0: Right. So we're working on, so not only do we have Jill and our friend and channel, Christian Vannevee Shaw doing this, trip but we have two journalists who are trying to figure out how to tell the story as well we have discussions on doing video she's got discussions in her head about how the heck she's going to navigate this stuff how's gps work how's the compass work and so um yeah i have no stress on my end (laughs) other than
1: taking like um 80 hours of video and trying to put it into like a 16 minute recap
0: no, that's why I heard Phil. He'll take care of that. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> you guys figure that out. Uh, looks like there's a lot of complex stuff going on there. Uh, let's see. Car and truck tests. Up. He's been coming on our channel a lot. I do appreciate it. And he's got a photo. It looks like almost the mountain scene. I was going to say the Mount Rushmore for a minute on the little thumbnail, but I guess it doesn't look good that way. He says Hi, Tim. Do you think the GM 6.2 liter may be on its way out for a Turbo 6? Looks like Ram would going in this route soon as well. Just not sure having both 5.3 and 6.2 makes sense anymore. The answer to that is yes. And it's not because customers don't want it. Not because customers aren't buying it. They just can't meet emissions, um, future emission laws. Because if you look at stuff like, for example, when Toyota dropped the 5.7 liter V8 and just went with a twin turbo only, they cut emissions by 40%. That's massive. That's huge difference. And that's just the way that they have to go. And so it's like uh, we were talking earlier about Dodge uh, making their transition from gasoline muscle cars to EV muscle cars. And the CEO of, of Dodge, Tom Kinnick, Tim, excuse me, it's Tim's name. Tim Kinnickus, Can, Kinnickus, Kinnickus, I can't say it. Sorry. There's certain words I can't say. Make fun of me all you want. Um, anyways, he basically went out on stage and he's talked to reporters and he said, we're doing this change because we have to do this change. And so, I mean, and I've talked to many engineers. The thing is, I've talked to many engineers, many uh, 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 dealerships, uh, uh, GMs and salespeople, and they are not happy. They're not happy at all, but this is what the change is and so they're having to do their job the best they can to meet these new emissions targets and that's why I was very curious to talk to um John Barca- Barta barted this week about whether the three their diesel could keep going beyond this model year as new emission laws come through and it's 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 a interesting thing um i he says it yes but I don't know I think it, it they all have bosses and his boss is very e v focused and that just makes me very thinking it's not going to last very much longer. Um. Yes. Okay. Uh, common sense, guys. So if the F50 Hybrid was a plug-in, then you could get better mileage or in-town. So,
1: oh. Yeah.
0: I guess you could. I mean, if it was a plug-in, you could run EB only. I think it's one of the interesting things. When I bought that Power Boost or that, they call it par boots, I call it hybrid, whatever. Um, you can't, there is no EV-only driving mode. It, it, you have to, like, play with the pedal a little bit, and you have to like play with the system a little bit. So that's the thing that's inter- interesting. I think that people look at this stuff and say, well, hey, my XYZ SUV was a plug-in, and I had EV-driving mode. Like, so, for example, Jeep Wrangler 4xe has EV-only mode, EV-conserved mode, EV-whatever, they have different modes. That hasn't translated so well in trucks because aerodynamics are different. The customer needs are different. The um, technology is different. The weight of the vehicle is a lot different. It's just, it it, it doesn't equal out as people, I think, want them to equal out.
1: Yeah, because I noticed in the Ford Maverick, they didn't have, like in the hybrid, they didn't have hybrid only mode. No. And, um, you know, when I asked um, the question, because I was able to drive it out in the Las Vegas area at the end of last year. And I asked why they didn't. And they said they didn't. I mean, the the gist of the answer was they don't really need it because the computer is so good. It understands um, when it should be in electric mode and when it should be in hybrid mode and when it should be in gas only mode. And so, um, you know, they didn't say this, but like, I'm going to say that they, not that they said this, but this in my brain, the answer was, um, that the EV mode button was just a gimmick. They're like, you know, the computers on this are so smart that they don't need the EV mode. And I did, and, and I do have a video on the channel on this. Cause I did a, um, or I, maybe I just wrote a story. I think I just wrote the story, but I, um, did a loop, um, using like the gas model and then a loop doing with the hybrid. And I feel like of 36 miles, I got 18 miles of all electric range. Or of electric range. Like, they used 18 miles of electricity or something. It was, it was pretty phenomenal. So, <laughs> the computer is smart.
0: <laughs> no darn computers being so smart. Uh, Taco Poppy, which I like the name, says, will they announce when they stop making the last model year of diesel and gasoline? I, I want to answer this because I, I think it's very interesting in that <laughs> I've never heard of Dodge or any brand doing what Dodge has done this week god said this is it this model's yeah. done dead you know it's not gonna bring no more gas yeah that's a very interesting thing a lot of times what happens for example with the colorado right the 2.8 liter diesel was just not listed as an option so they didn't even talk about it in the press release we basically barely got the engineers talk about it too much and they didn't nobody discussed it so what normally happens with us is we'll read the press release and all of a sudden the engine is gone yeah. Like the, the 57 liter V8 from Toyota, it just disappeared. It wasn't an option. So it was very interesting to see that Dodge did that. Um I don't know if brands will continue to do that. Um Dodge is one of those brands that it's kind of out there with enthusiasts and they kind of well look, Stellantis does a lot of stuff other brands won't do. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, they have to get in front of some of this too cuz like Dodge is a very specific brand for a very specific consumer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if every brand will announce that. I thought it was interesting that they did, but I think what you'll see more and more is not so much an announcement, but my theory is you will see less and less availability. You'll see, yeah. be, so whatever your, the base level become EV only now, whatever the Hemi will only be offered in top trim levels or, you know, for example, I just, I don't think that you'll see that happening as much as you would expect. I think you just find less availability.
1: Yeah. I mean, so if you look at Genesis um, as an example, like I could see more brands doing the Genesis model. So they just um, redid the Genesis G80. And what they have on that is a gasoline powertrain and an electric powertrain. Now, they're not calling it, you know, the Genesis G80 EV, and it's not a completely different name. And if you look at the vehicle, you will not see any EV badging on that vehicle at all. Um, it's just the Genesis G80, and so um, and it's just an option. So you can get the gasoline engine, or you can get the electrified powertrain. Um, so I could see automakers doing something like that, where they'll have a model line and they'll offer you the gasoline version, and then the electric version. And then I think you'll start seeing the the electric versions like capacity expanding, and the gasoline you know numbers dwindling until it just you know, phases out. Or you could see something like what Jeep has done. So we've talked about this previously with the four by E. And, you know, arguably, I think when you are going really slow and you're idling in a gasoline only vehicle, you're probably using a lot of fuel. So what they've done is they've made the Trailhawk version of the Cherokee four by E only. So, you know, I think that you're going to, as Tim said, you're going to start seeing certain trims will be this only or, you know, this availability or or whatever. And I could see automakers saying, OK, which trims or which versions of this vehicle will expend the most fuel? Let's make that a hybrid. Let's make it a plug in hybrid. Let's make it electric. Yep. And then, um, you know, then you'll look at the ones where, you know, people are you know, maybe they need a gasoline engine or a diesel engine. So like they're towing a lot, they're hauling a lot, then, you know, only certain trims of that, that people are going to tow with, or if you get the tow package, it comes with this engine. So, I mean, I I think you're going to just start seeing them try to filter down um, the amount of people who are buying, you know, the, the higher horsepower, higher displacement engines um, and starting to like create separation like that, and creating the numbers, and 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 I think you're going to see the price of those go up. So it's going unless you specifically need that vehicle, you're not going to want to shell out the cash.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to see more and more comments. People being be pissed off about it. They made me buy this truck. I didn't want to buy this one. I want to buy the other one instead. But this is the only thing they had, and that's going to be by design. I think it's going to be by design by the marketing team. Look at like so the Toyota Tundra TRD Pro only comes hybrid only, and you know, 1794, hybrid only. Uh, platinum, hybrid only. If you want to get a nicer Tundra, you have to have an hybrid. They're not giving you a choice anymore. I think we're going to see that more and more in brands as we the Ford. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's all we have for tonight. Um, I'm not seeing a whole lot of other questions. Common Sense Guy wants to know which you prefer, Ramica Diesel or Hurricane. We don't have the details on Hurricane yet. So it's impossible to answer. Um, so there's just not a lot of, we're hopefully to get news. Like I said, September 1st, we'll have some Ram news and then we'll have, um, hopefully some more updates on the, uh, twin turbo V6 at some point, hopefully. Um, it's just, we're going to see a lot. I always think it's interesting. People are like, well, I don't want a turbocharged engine. I have turbo anxiety. I, you know, don't, they're going to fail. And I asked, answered the guy the other day and I was like, oh, you're not gonna have a choice like, I understand what you're saying. I understand the concern. I get it. I understand turbos are bad, and and there's a 1,000 EcoBoost, 40 EcoBoost stories out there of of bad turbos and things like that. But I don't think you're going to have a choice. I don't think anybody's going to have a choice. I think we're going to eventually get to this point where this is the only choice out there. Yeah. And I will keep driving my 62 Chevy. (laughs) All right. So for more, check out the website, pickuptrucktalk.com, on social media, all that kind of stuff. Uh, If you listen to the podcast, thank you very much. podcast passed 10,000 downloads through your support. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, that's what we have. Uh, like I said, programming note, no live stream next week. Um, we will be a little bit here, hit or miss. Sorry about that. Just what's going on. But yeah. All right. Email me, tim at pickup truck talk.com. Don't email Jill. She doesn't respond to my emails anyways. Email me instead. Remember, um, yeah. doesn't respond to me. So
1: you can find me on TikTok, though. I'll respond to you there. I don't respond to emails. <laughs> I don't even respond to Tim's emails. Sorry. No.
0: Yeah. So don't email her. All right. There you go. There's all the details. Lots of cool stuff coming down the pipeline as well. So, as always, thanks for watching. We will see you down the road.